Hi there. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today's episode is special, and <laughs> I know I've said this once or twice before, but my guest today is a stylist who has come so far in the short few years she's been in the industry, and I I believe that you're going to be so inspired after this conversation. She's also a BBB alumni, so extra close to my heart. She has had to overcome some major challenges, workplace discrimination, and a worldwide shutdown, just to name a few, to get to where she is today. And she is sharing about her journey to inspire you to find your purpose during difficult times and to just keep going. I absolutely loved this conversation with Carly, and I really think you're going to love it too. So without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Carly. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I absolutely can't wait to get into all the things we're going to talk about today. Oh, I'm so grateful that you've come on to share your story. And as you know, I've told you this a million times, I'm so proud of you. And I'm just really thankful that you're you're willing to be vulnerable and share today. So before we get started, would you mind just introducing yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit about your story and, and what you do in, in the industry? Yeah. So my name is Carly Burton. I own my own salon suite. It's called Honey Designs. It's located in Jacksonville, Florida. I didn't get there overnight. Jody has definitely been such a big, big reason why I have all the things that I have today. Um, so I went to hair school at night, my waitress during the day. But you know, when you are in night school in class, especially because I went to a state school, they don't ever tell you where to go work after. It's more of like, oh, go to Great Clips or Hair Cuttery or, you know, one of those chain salons to be a hairstylist there. So when I left school, I had moved all the way down to Fort Myers and I started in a hair cuttery. I said, oh, well, this is the only thing I know how to do. Or this was the only thing I got taught to do. So let me start there. Let me figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I would have known about assisting and gone straight into doing that. So then COVID had hit. And after that whole transition, I did go into a salon and I assisted for six months. And then I went on to be a stylist behind the chair by myself. I did not find a salon family or a salon home. It was actually a second bad experience. But you know, when you are new into this industry, and you want it bad enough, you will force yourself to do some crazy things to get to your dreams. And 
I'm glad I stuck through it. I'm glad I did it because I wouldn't have the business I have today without going through all of those things. Yeah, you're so right. I feel like there is a, a distinct lack of business education in beauty schools. And I did an apprenticeship program and, you know, this was <laughs> 17 years ago now. So it's a little bit long ago, but we didn't have any sort of business education in hair school either. And I hear this over and over again from stylists coming out that they don't really know a lot of their options, right? And and how to choose a salon and all of these things. So I think that your story is so relatable when it comes to just kind of trying to have to figure it out yourself where to go. So tell me a little bit about when you got into the assisting program. So when I got into the assisting program, that was kind of my first like experience with, okay, this is a nicer, more elevated salon. So my Instagram has to be nicer and elevated and I need to look nicer and take everything I do up a notch. Mm -hmm. So I went through, I want to say it was like six months of assisting mm -hmm. and that's when I really, really elevated how I did my blondes and how I really did my techniques. I really got deep into trying a whole bunch of stuff. Thankfully, you know, we have social media now, which, ugh, yes. blessing, blessing. And that's really <laughs> where, like, I any free time I had, I was watching videos. I was on Instagram. I was finding any information about <clears throat> the stuff that I wanted to do. And trying to just soak it all in and then go in the salon and be able to practice and figure out what worked best for me. Mm -hmm. During that time, that's also when I found your program. And so I graduated my assisting program and I got on the floor by myself. And I really took like, I took it so serious. Like I dove all in on trying to make me seem like I knew everything and I could make the perfect hair for you. And I yeah. did. I, that was my passion. I was a hundred percent in for it. I love that. And I think it's so smart of you to look at those things, like your marketing and all those things. And I, I love how you took, and I, I've said this to you before, but I love how you made it your mission to like build your marketing channels and build your clientele and really create that for yourself because it set you up for your next move. And that's, what's so exciting is that you were able to, I know that we'll dive into this a little bit, but like spoiler alert, you were able to create your salon suite and really create an amazing brand for yourself. But I know that there was kind of a series of events that triggered that. And I'm very grateful to you for, for sharing this story because I've had a lot of conversations with stylists who've experienced kind of similar things in salons and, you know, are, are feeling trapped. So if you could kind of go into a little bit of what, what took place that really motivated you to step out on your own so early. Cause I, like I said, I've, I've talked to stylists who've experience similar things. And I'm just so grateful to you for coming on the show and being transparent about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time, I didn't really do any research on assisting programs. I just had a friend that said, I'm going to this one, come with me. And I said, okay, because COVID mm -hmm. and I didn't really know what else to do. And I didn't really know at the time that a lot of people were doing it. 
So I didn't also know at the time that I had gotten hired because I fit their specific looks of what they wanted their salon staff to be, which was skinny, pretty, blonde, and and straight. (laughs) So if you guys don't know, I am gay. I am a part of the community and I am more femme, I guess. So I don't necessarily look gay. Like you can't like spot it on me when you first meet me. Uh, And so, yeah, so I went through the assisting program and eventually they found out that I had a girlfriend at the time because I I did hide it at first because I was very new in the industry and I was also very new at being open about being gay. Right. And I didn't know necessarily like, is this okay to be open about with people or people are going to be uncomfortable. And I just kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, if you don't like me because of who I am, that's fine. There's 10 other people here. You can have do your hair. I don't have to be your stylist. But I'm not going to hide myself anymore because all it does is attract crazy clients to you when you are not being yourself. Like when you are being a fake version of you, you are not attracting your dream life. You are attracting a different, scary life that is not fun to go down. You're so right. (laughs) And so as I became more open about it, I started realizing how homophobic one, my bosses were and a lot of the, the women and racist. (laughs) It started getting kind of scary in there. Eventually I moved out of the assisting program and on my own. And as the time was going on, I got pushed to the back side of the salon, the last like chair in the corner, like they, they tried to hide me in the back and it just became very isolating. And I remember this one experience of this girl came in who was gay and she looked And she was super excited. She really wanted to work at the salon. And it was my homophobic boss that did the interview. And the girl's walking out. And my boss literally at the time, like rolled her eyes and gave her this like dirty, dirty look behind her back. And I was like, in such shock. I was like, how are like, you are one in the middle of the salon. There's like 15 clients watching you do this right now. Um, oh my God. And your stylists. And this poor girl, like she came in super happy and like left super upset. So I'm not sure what happened during it, but I like, it was just kind of a major eye opener that I was like, this is not a healthy, nice environment. And if you're willing to do that in front of the people that are paying you money, then obviously the people you are attracting in this salon are also not the people I want to be around. Oh my goodness. So, I- I can't even imagine being in such a, like being new in the industry and then being in that discriminatory environment. Like I've worked in toxic workplaces for sure, but like the open discrimination that you had to face, I'm I'm just so sorry that you had to go through that. I think it's, it's truly awful. And sadly, it's still a reality in the industry. Like I, like I said, I've had so many conversations with stylists and whether it is, you know, who they love or their race or their abilities or whatever that looks like. The, the sad fact is that there is still discrimination in our industry. And I, I just hate that that is something that you had to go through and that is still happening. And Yeah. I just want you to, I just, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I mean, it's at the end of the day, 
it is a life lesson and it really did push me into making sure that I will never ever make anybody feel uncomfortable for who they are. I do not care what you look like, who you love, what you do in life. That is not like, that's not me. That is you. And I want you to know that you're loved for who you are and you're accepted. And that was my like main, main goal. When I created my spaces, I want a very happy, welcoming space. So if you are not that type of person, there's the door, you can go find someone else because there's a million hairstylists. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's so true. And I think the thing too, that I, that I really admire is that this is something that had happened to you extremely recently when you and I connected and we started working together. And one thing that I, I just want to say, I'm so, I was so inspired by and so proud of you for is the fact that after facing that you weren't like, Oh, I want to hide. You were like, no, I want to be so vocal about who I am that nobody who is going to discriminate against me ever walks through my doors and you don't have anything to apologize for. Like who you are is something to be proud of. And the the people who discriminated against you, it's not you, it's them. And I, I really think it's admirable that you recognize that. So after, you know, you kind of realized what was, because from our previous conversations, this was kind of like a slow realization, right? So what did that process look like? Just for anyone who's listening to this episode, like how, first of all, how did you kind of like realize what was happening? And then what advice would you give, I guess, to, to a stylist who's listening, who's like, I, I feel like I'm being discriminated against in my workplace and I don't know what to do. So it was definitely a very slow process. Again, I was very new in the hair world and I was very new about telling people who I was. Like I didn't really ever have to have a career where I had to talk about myself and be open. And, you know, when you are coming out over and over and over and over again to like 15 people a day, it's, it's hard in the beginning. You, it's very uncomfortable. It's not a, it's not an easy thing. Now I don't care. I'll scream it on top of the building, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's because I've gotten more comfortable in my skin and who I am as a person. But no, it was definitely a very slow process. I did start realizing when a lot of the girls would just be really fake to my face. And then I would hear them like talking crap about me behind my back. Like they didn't care. And eventually it just like, I was always the one getting in trouble for stuff that I wasn't even doing. My homophobic boss would always pull me in our office and she was like, you are just so mean and you need to be making friends with the girls and all this stuff. And I was like, they're talking crap about me. I don't want to be their friends. Like, no, thank you. But she was just trying to push me out, to be honest. It was just kind of that slow, like, oh, well, now we know who you are and we don't want you here kind of thing. And at my first salon. I had a friend who, when COVID hit, she had moved into a salon suite. And obviously at the time I didn't have any clientele, so I couldn't go and do that. So I had went and visited her one day and I said, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about doing this, but I really don't know. I need you to tell me like all the financial aspects of this, because I am about to move into an apartment in like seven months. And what's happening right now is just not working. And I'm just miserable where I'm at. I feel like I'm working my butt off and I'm not making enough money. And, you know, I, I need something different. And then Sola had started building their salon suites across the street from me. 
And I had snuck out one day on my lunch break and ran over there. And I was like, Hey, I want to look at your, your sweets. And this is when I met Linda and I love Linda. She goes, let's start with the outside. It's gorgeous. They just did it and all this stuff. And I literally like my heart dropped. I was like, I cannot. <laughs> I literally work over there. I ran over here on a break. They don't even know I'm gone. I cannot. Please don't make me go outside and no windows. <laughs> Put me in the back somewhere. And she was just laughing. She was like, no, I got you, girl. And so, yeah, I ended up signing that day to my salon suites, but I just, it got to a point in that environment where I was like, you know, if I'm going to work this hard for something, like, why am I not going to do it for myself and be making my life better? Not somebody else's life because I'm sitting here watching homophobic, racist people buy boats and mansions and I'm barely, barely being able to pay my rent. Yeah. I just, I got to a point where I felt inside that it was like life or death. Like I can't, can't keep doing this emotional draining situation. Like something's got to give. It was either me going to another salon or me doing my own thing. And I suggest like, oh, please do your research before you do assisting programs. Like there, I know there are good ones out there. I've heard people have amazing stories and experiences with their bosses and their salon environments. And, you know, don't just take the first opportunity that's given to you because, oh, well, I need to start working so I can make money. I feel like that's how people get into really bad situations like I did (laughs) because I was just really stressed and I just needed a quick fix. And I said, okay, I got it. We're in, let's go. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know that you could shop around. I didn't know that, you know, People need assistance. Assistants come in for a short period of time. You teach them and then they become their own person. So it's a constant like in and out and in and out. And it's a constant need. That's so true. I just want to want to say that, you know, I, I hear you saying like that you didn't know. And like, it's one of those things. And I, I just want to, to say Carly, that I think that no, you shouldn't have to know like what you went through is completely unacceptable. And I think that, you know, when it comes to finding a salon, that is really good advice. Finding somewhere that lines up with your values, seeing how they do business, how they treat their staff, how they treat their clients. Like all of these things are so, so important, but I just want to point out that it's not your fault for not knowing it's just, it's wrong. And so I just wanted to throw that in there because I think if anyone's listening, if anyone's listening and maybe they're in a similar situation, like it is not your fault. It is the fault of the person who is discriminating against you, Mm -hmm. period. End of story. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. um, And my best advice is get out, run, because they're not going to change. Just leave because your life will be a million times better the second you are out of all that. It's not worth it. It's not worth the emotional and mental damage and crap they give you like and it's just crazy I don't understand why people act like that like it's yeah what 2022 come on yeah (laughs) well and I know that you had shared with me before that like you were working and that you were spending every single minute of your time off trying to recoup your energy just to go back into that environment and like oh yeah you know, I, I've definitely been in salon environments before where that is the case. And there's just that like toxicity in the environment where you feel like as soon as you go there, it starts depleting your energy. So I think that's another really 
big sign if that's the way that you're feeling to that it's time to move on. Yeah. I was, this is going to sound crazy. I was drinking like eight Red Bulls a day when I was working to like try to keep my energy up because I was so exhausted of just like, it it was soul sucking. Like it was just, it was crazy. But yeah, no, if you are in a place like that, like, I feel like no matter what career you're in, go experience something else. Like it doesn't, you don't have to stay there. It's not a lifetime thing. You're not stuck to that one place. Like you can achieve more and you deserve more. And you're so right that there's so many salon owners that are creating beautiful environments who are pouring into their staff and like really hiring assistants from a place of wanting to offer mentorship and, and, you know, doing it for the right reasons. But when you're in the beginning of your career, if you don't know any different, you don't know any better. So I think that's a really important thing to consider as well, that like, there are so many salon owners and hairstylists who want to pour into the next generation. So if you're listening, you're at the beginning of your career, just know that, that, you know, you've got the option to go independent and build your own business. You've also got the option to work for someone who's going to want to see you win. Like, I, I just want to make that very clear that like the toxic environments exist, but they're not the norm. And I think that it's becoming less and less so. Absolutely. The hair industry is changing. It's insane how social media has really taken everything to the next step. People are so willing to share information and teach and have a loving environment. And Mm -hmm. it is out there. Like there are more nice people and kind, loving, caring people than there are negative. Oh, you're so right. And I I think that's something that's important to dive into a little bit, because if you are in, like, let's talk about the importance of finding a community that's supportive. Because if you're in a salon environment that isn't, and it's draining you, there are ways that you can search out supportive communities. Can you tell me what that looked like for you? So for me, it was actually you. I was really looking into more of the business side because I, again, dive all into whatever I'm doing. And I had a couple of different groups I was looking at. And to be honest, I really felt the other groups were very cult-like and toxic that I got all those red flags right in the beginning. And when I saw you and just how much you show up for people and how like personal you are and just the heart that you give into everything you do. I was like, I have got to work with this lady. Like, she's amazing. I need her help. I need, something's got to change. I need it. ASAP. And your group, oh my, it was life-changing. I moved into my solo suites and I immediately started working with you. I remember there was one, <laughs> there was one like video class and I full on broke down crying because yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified about, being gay and having my own salon and doing all the stuff. And you're like, it's okay. Like, it's all right. People are going to come. People are going to love you for who you are. And Mm -hmm. after that, oh, I made the best friends in that group. I still talk to those girls to this day. We all follow each other on Instagram or in little groups. Like they're the most amazing women. And just you being so amazing draws the most like brilliant women to you and for your groups, which is 
amazing for anybody that takes any of your classes or your programs because it's not just led by a strong powerful woman but the women in the groups wanting yes. to learn that information are also strong powerful women that want to support you and love you and give you all the help that you need and I cannot recommend anything that Jody does more like it is life-changing career-changing oh, everything <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make me cry that's so I'm I remember that phone call and I remember it was like one of our I think it was our second call where oh, yeah. we were talking so and it was, no it's not embarrassing because that was like one of the you know one of the biggest breakthroughs and I think like your willingness to be vulnerable not just in that call but even even now like your willingness to be vulnerable is not just how it didn't just help you figure out your you know your brand and and your messaging and all of the things and your target market but it really also shows other people who might have faced discrimination or any of those things like that there is a there's another side like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I just am so grateful to you for your willingness to be open about your journey and like from both inside the program, because I know that you, you're so right. Like it is not just, it's not just me. It's not just the education. It is the community that makes such a huge impact because if you have been in predominantly negative spaces, you don't know that this, this kind of community is out there. And I think that's such a huge thing, right? Is finding a group of people that you can, be inspired by and that you can bounce your ideas and big dreams off that that will support you and and allow you to see what's possible for yourself so thank you so much for sharing that and i i just like when i think about that day and when i think about everything that you have gone on to do since then i just am so so proud of you oh well absolutely i I seriously, when I say I would not be where I am today without you and your coaching and the amazing women that are in your groups, like I truly, truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like it's, I swear, I tell everybody, I'm like, Jody saved me and made me become a strong businesswoman and be able to create the life I actually wanted to live because she showed me I could. Oh, I just, oh, I just like can't even, <laughs> I can't even put into words how grateful I am for you, Carly. And I want to just dive in a little bit to the, to the like business side, you know, cause you were able to create this salon suite and you have since moved it to a different city. And I have seen the, the consistent growth that you're having in your business and personally. And I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. So what was that? What did that look like for you at the beginning of your salon suite journey? If someone's listening right now and they're like, okay, what, you know, what should I be looking at? What should I be doing here? What were some of the key things that you did in the beginning of your salon suite journey that you attribute to getting you to where you are so quickly? So I had no clue what I was doing. I was a mess in the beginning. I was all <laughs> over the place. I did not know. I had kept a lot of like the same things from like how my previous salon had done stuff and kind of transfer that over because I didn't really know any better. And oh, it was awful in the beginning. My 
colors were bad. My salon suite just looked, I was too excited that I wasn't really thinking. And then when I started going through your program and, you know, we got, we started getting like really into branding and what we wanted, like our colors to be and what our motto and just what we want our space to represent. That's when I started really changing everything. I did an entire revamp. I changed my entire look. I went more neutral and bright and airy and it was super cute. When I first did it, oh my goodness, that was awful for blonding. My pictures were terrible. I look back on some of them. I'm like, what were you thinking? Yellow? Wow. Can I just, can I just point something out though? Yeah. So I know that now you look back and you're like, oh, like this beginning was so bad and all this and you're like at a different space. But the fact that you were consistent and the fact you were still putting yourself out there and starting messy before you were ready still got you still got some clients in right while you were in the process oh. of refining. Yeah, you have to. You are not Which I think is so important starting out. Yeah. No. You're not going to be perfect. Everything is going to be messy. You're always going to look back and be like, "Oh, why did I do that?" Come. Oh, totally. But you don't know. <laughs> you don't know until you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, true. But yeah, so I when we started really getting like in depth with just branding and marketing and all that kind of stuff, I I did. I started revamping and I had all of my clients like in love with the entire journey and like being able to be there with me while I was doing it because obviously it doesn't happen overnight it takes time and I was talking to my clients about you and the program the whole time and they were super excited they loved watching me go through the process of it like your yeah. clients want to see it they want to be a part of it with you so, so do true. it I put everything out there whether it is good bad ugly perfect I put it all out there because yeah people love to be a part of it. They love to see it. And that's really how you make connections with your dream clients by just showing who you are and what you're going through. And your whole thing was, you know, you have to talk to your dream client. Like, how would you be talking to them? And who are they? Like visualizing them and all this kind of stuff. And when I would visualize in my head and be thinking like, okay, this is who I'm talking to. And what kind of space would this woman love? And that's mm -hmm. just how it took off. And yeah, I was obsessed with the entire process of it. I thought it was so fun. I love to learn things that are always going to improve my business or my life. Like I think it is so amazing being able to even have this knowledge because yeah. most people don't and most people didn't way back a couple of years ago. This was not yeah. a thing. And so I'm like extremely thankful and I will take any teaching on how to be better any day when it comes to my business. And what I loved about what you, what you did too, is like, you really were, you were huge on implementing. And that is something that I think is so crucial because knowledge is one thing. Applied knowledge is what is actually going to move the needle. And Absolutely. so I, yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things that I noticed from watching you was like, you were in there, you were doing the work, and then you were really applying it to your business. And, you know, you have the evolution and, and the growth that a lot of businesses see in the first two years in your first like six months. And that was really, really cool to watch. <laughs> it was really fun to go through, honestly. Like I, I think going through the change journey is always so fun. It's hard. It is a lot of work. It is very difficult, yeah. but 
in order to get to that next level and get to that next place, you have to put the work in. You can't just learn it and then be like, oh, I'll just wait around and it'll happen on its own. No, you have to do it. You have to do all of those things. You have to be consistent with what you're doing too. You can't just do it once and then be like, oh, well, I did it. It's going to happen. No, you have to keep doing it until you see that it's working and then keep doing it still. Like it's a never ending cycle. Like you keep doing that and you keep making it better and you continue to draw your dreams to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you moved, cause I think that's like you built so quickly in Fort Myers. And then when you moved, do you feel like that clarity and that, that laser focus that you had in your business vision is one of the things that gave you the confidence when moving? Like walk me through that journey a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I, so I moved to Jacksonville from Fort Myers and I moved into a solo suite. I actually moved into a bigger suite and just with like all of social media and marketing, like I was not worried about building back up again because I know how to do it. I've already been through it. So Mm -hmm. I know the do's and don'ts. And I also know like, yes, it's going to take me some time to obviously have an entire full clientele, but I am also kind of redirecting myself into more of extensions than just blonding now. Whereas in Fort Myers, I was, I was, I want to say like 95% blondes and then the rest were extensions. Um, But I'm, I'm trying to make that switch, which has been so fun and amazing because I've been meeting the most wonderful women here and having the best time in my new salon. But yeah, no, social media, seriously, Instagram, Facebook, I have done Facebook ads Instagram and Facebook ads. And one thing you had taught us in your, in your program was, you know, having nice professional pictures of you and your space and just being able to take it to the next level. And I think that's what I'm always constantly trying to do in my head is take it to the next level. And so when I got here, I did, I took my suite decor to the next level. I took my photography to the next level. And I was like, all right, now it's time to take my extensions to the next level. I got certified with Bellamy and I've been having, I don't know, it's, it's definitely a different journey, but it's amazing. I love it so much and it's so fun. And you know, one thing I love too, to watch is like you were, you came through one of the first rounds of my program, right? So this was like probably what would you say like a year, a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah. So And then like at that time, we taught a little bit about reels, but not like a whole, whole ton. And one thing that I noticed from watching your, cause I just like love to see my, my like students, like, and clients graduate and, and do all these amazing things. And you've taken your exact content plan, right. And you have kind of evolved it to include this new content type without any of like the fear and and drama around these changes. So what I really enjoy watching, and I, I remember you said to me once, like my Instagram is my Instagram page now. Like now that I have the foundation, I don't have to worry and stress about it. And I am like watching you in real time, like flow and change and adjust, but it all seems so seamless and it all just seems like you are doing everything and executing with confidence because you have stuck to the foundations that you developed, which I think is so cool. Absolutely. So social media is constantly changing and constantly evolving. 100%. You know, every day you log on and it's like, oh, you have to do this new thing. You have to do this new thing. But I, so 
before I took your program, I took it so serious. Like I was like, this has to be perfect. It has to look like this, 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 this. And then I went through your program and I did, I learned the foundation of like, okay, this is the basic outline of like what to do and how to do it. And then once learning that, then it just became fun for me. I got to be more creative with it and have a lot more, not so much stress around it. It just became very stress-free and fun. And that's what I like loved the most because I felt so stressed out with Instagram and Facebook and just all the things. And yeah, no, I love doing reels. I think they're so fun. I'll go in the salon one day and I'll sit there for like an hour and I'll like make like what, 10, 15 of them. And I'll have that for a while. I mean, my sounds may be a little late behind but I don't care (laughs) and it's still working for you that's what I love yeah that pressure right and you know that's one of my like favorite things is batching content you know this oh yeah (laughs) you know you you know how I feel (laughs) so I'm really excited to hear that and again it's it's watching the execution is so exciting so Carly, thank you so so much for being here if you wanted to give just like a closing word of advice because you have accomplished so much in your first three years in the industry. So give me like your, your top tips for someone who is at the, either at the beginning of their career or at the beginning of their journey into being an independent stylist. Well, one, thank you so much for having me. This has been literally so much fun and such a great experience for me. And for newbies, I would definitely say, you know, trust yourself and your instincts and know who you are and what you want and go and do that. And for your salon suites, bet on yourself, put it all in there for you. Because at the end of the day, this is for you and you can have the life that you actually want as long as you are putting your all into it. And if you do that, you can have anything you want. Oh, I love that. Thank you again, Carly. I cannot wait to see where you go next, because I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And again, I'm just so grateful to you for being here today. Oh, thank you. So if anyone wants to come over and like, ask you any questions, where can they find you? So my Instagram is Carly styles 98. It's C A R L I S T Y L E S nine eight. And yeah, that's definitely the place to contact me at. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.